a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification. Is a daily drowning of the flesh and, the, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. And that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. Like the backup beep of a truck, this is Table Talk Radio. And we are ready for the first ever, I mean, in the first in Table Talk Radio history, the first ever Hollywood, uh, was it? Preaching to Hollywood Marathon. Oh, yeah. Super, this is my favorite game. Super exciting. I mean. My favorite thing to do. Preaching like, to Hollywood. It's like being as excited as having a dentist appointment. Table Talk Radio. <laughs> We hope you don't have cavities. <laughs> so I just cane for the mind. We're just that? gonna That's dive dive right into this, aren't we? So uh, yep. no email. Are we gonna do buzzwords? Or do yeah, we, we got an email. Remember, you got one email. Quick. Email. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Why don't yeah, you yeah. hit it? Oh yeah. This says uh, this is from um, I don't know who it's from. Pastor Wolfmuller and Pastor Gagline. I apologize if you received this email more than once. Uh, you got too many email addresses, etc. I have a small request that would mean so much. This upcoming Friday, September 9th, is a dear friend, lifelong confessional LCMS Lutheran, an avid Table Talk Radio listener's birthday. Chuck is probably one of your biggest fans, and although he only discovered your show a little over a year ago, he went back and listened to every single podcast you guys have published, starting with episode one and working his way all the way to 384. It's rare to have a conversation with him that doesn't include at least one reference to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> and he's gotten the rest of our Lutheran friend group listening, too. I only wish I had known about your awesome program sooner. And is even bringing some of the games you play into our Bible study group, Theological Buzzwords, How Well Do You Know Your Hymnal, similar to the classic game Don't Forget the Lyrics to Your Favorite Hymns, and of course the Praise Song Cruncher. Although he has long felt the calling into ministry, I think his decision to go to seminary in the fall of 2017 to become a Lutheran pastor is in part due to your emphasis on the importance of catechesis and law gospel rightly divided. Our group is also eagerly anticipating the Germany trip with Pastor Wolfmuller in June, which some of us had registered for and others will be doing in the next couple of days. I'm the one who sent you a Facebook message, etc. Anyway, all this rambling is to say that he is turning 32 on Friday, and I can't imagine a more perfect gift than an on-air shout-out from his two favorite Lutheran pastors and theological game show hosts. I know the show won't air on his birthday. That's such a short notice. But if there's any way you could make it happen, it would be the coolest thing ever. Would you make Chuck R. in Houston a very happy guy? Thank you for your great show and consideration of the request. God's blessings to you both uh, and Table Talk Radio and your congregations. Well, this we can do. 
Happy birthday, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck, happy birthday. Now, I, I'm not sure how old that is. Do we have to wish him his happy 33rd birthday? Because, <laughs> because this was last year's email? <laughs> I think this was a more recent email, oh, you know? Okay. That's good to Just know remember, that. remember, <laughs> 33 is how old Jesus was when he was crucified, and that's how old Chuck will be when he goes to the seminary, so probably a coincidence. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Chuck. All right, Chuck. Well, uh, you can help us do some preaching to Hollywood here because in preaching to Hollywood, we listen to one of the uh, songs here and uh, try to figure out uh, what what's going on and, and how we can bring the gospel to such a songwriter. I forgot. Are we doing are we doing buzzwords or not? Sure. I got a buzzword for you. Okay, go. New Apostolic Reformation. <laughs> N-A-R. Have you heard of this? No. Uh, hey, I was. I remember I was at the Pirate Christian Radio Conference a couple of weeks ago with uh, our friend Chris Rusbra, and uh, and he um, and he told me that we have to pay attention to this NAR, that it is sucking up churches like nobody's business. Here's the, here's the Wikipedia definition: the New Apostolic Reformation is a title used to describe a movement that seeks to establish a fifth house within Christendom, distinct from Catholicism, Protestantism, Oriental Orthodoxy, and Eastern Orthodoxy. Largely associated with the Pentecostal and charismatic movements, its fundamental difference from other movements is the belief that the lost offices of church government, namely the offices of prophet and apostle, are being restored. Inspired by the G12 movement, it grows by discreetly recruiting pastors of independent congregations and non-denominational churches by assimilating members from other churches through cell group meetings and frequently church planting and rap- rapid cytokinesis, which I thought was different type of diet where you didn't eat meat but anyway including foreign missions around the globe the church has spun out from these as a, form a loose network with a tight knit history that serves the basis of an otherwise informal and generally unadvertised far-ranging governmental structure in a r huh okay new apostolic reformation we got to pay attention so to where, this thing where do they tie this into like if, they, if they're if they're claiming this kind of what'd you say like reopening of these offices did you say that? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's right. I, and I think I met, you know, this has been a long thing in the charismatic church and the kind of combination of charismatic church growth. I remember remember when I met that guy who was an apostle at the McDonald's in Reno? Yes. He was an apostle and also he owned a knife shop. Um, this is the kind of thing that these, when Paul says that Jesus ascended on high and he, and he, uh, he gave gifts, some apostles, uh, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, that they think that that outlines a five-fold ministry. And that that fivefold ministry is now being restored in the church. So some people in the NAR, you have the prophets and you have the apostles and the evangelists. It's a fivefold ministry that has been uh, kind of brought down to the church for these last days. Hmm. Okay. Um, is that the one that you said? Uh, uh, what did you say? To to tell Jesus to talk to you directly? No. No, that was the guy that I said, oh, you're, you are called directly by God. Well, let me see a miracle. Oh, yeah, yeah. And how'd that go? He, he said, I'm not going to give you a miracle, but I'll give you a sign because I have a word of the Lord from you. And the word is you should believe in his apostles, <laughs> to which I said, well, that's convenient. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Um, my theological buzzword for you is um, concupiscence. Oh, yeah. Probably use that one. That's probably, that's probably one of the classics. Uh, concupiscence is the tendency of our sinful nature to sin. So this is that we are inclined to sin. That uh, that w- that when we were when we were uh, born into sin, we were not born 
uh, neutral, but that our desires were were ruined so that our desires are inclined towards rebelling against God's law versus rebelling, uh, sorry, uh, rather than going towards God's law. So, I mean, people often think, well, you're just kind of neutral till you come in and then you do something wrong. No, no. Look, so, so here's here's the example. I, I use no. this. I use this example a lot. Um, so, so you're walking down the street and uh, you notice that the, the the last guy closing up the bank uh, forgets to lock the door and arm the alarm system. And uh, you think, you know, I could go in there and steal all the money and nobody would ever find out. You know, let's just hypothetically say that was a possibility. Right. And you think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal the money. Go, nope, nope, nope. I, I am thinking better of it. That would be something that would be wrong. So therefore, I'm not going to do it. Now, you can't walk away and pat yourself on the back and say, I, uh, I was able to be righteous today because the very fact that you wanted to in the first place, <laughs> the very mm-hmm. fact that that was an appeal, that, that that looked like something you might want to do is already a sin. So mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. We, we, are, we are ruined by sin through and through, and our only hope is Jesus Christ. Yes. Okay. So, concupiscence. Um, I, you know what I think about concupiscence? I think it's always the thing that ruins the idea of having an Augsburg Confession Bible study. Because you think, hey, here's the Augsburg Confession. It's nice and easy. We'll just do some basic theology. And then already in like the third sentence, Article 2 on Original Sin, you run into this theological word, concupiscence. Blam! So if it ruins a Bible study, doesn't it ruin a podcast? Uh, Oh, yeah. Well done. (laughs) All right. Now we got that out of the way. (laughs) We're going to play a little Preaching to Hollywood, and we're coming up already on our first break. you got to be kidding me. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see how much time we got have here. Oh yeah, we got about a minute here. So well, let's um, start what, it. what start it? Okay. Well here's the song. Um it's your favorite song, Holy yep. by yep. Oh, yeah. uh Florida Georgia Line. Here it is. These guys. I used to really like Florida Georgia Line. Until this really? song. Until this song. Really? This song ruined it for you? Oh yeah. It's just too much to handle. The blasphemy. When the sun had left and the winter came and the sky fall to only bring the rain. Darkness, all broken hearted. I couldn't find a day. I didn't so far, it sounds alone. pretty good. I'm never trying to describe. Started losing hope, but somehow, baby, <laughs> you broke through and saved me. talking about when we get back from this break you are listening to table talk radio and we get back we're talking all about that song hi on loving you (sighs) 
It's not a radio show. It's a relationship. Stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Oh, my goodness. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. I can't. Before the break, we listened to Holy I'm still by, up by this song, Florida, Florida Georgia Line, and what's what's got you all been out of shape about well, this song? I mean, I don't know. It's hardly you could tell anything. I mean, how about this? Holy, 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 holy! They got an extra holy in there. I'm high on loving you, high on love. This is like it's like Florida Georgia Line. They're looking around like, hey, how come everyone listens to all this contemporary Christian music that is people that they're singing to their God like they're singing to their girlfriend? We should sing to our girlfriend like we're singing to God. And they just reversed it and did this. So the holy, holy, holy is talking about the girlfriend here. I sat in darkness, all brokenhearted. I couldn't find a day. I didn't didn't feel alone. I never meant to cry. Started losing hope. Somehow, baby. You broke through and saved me. Who? The girl. Baby. Baby. The girlfriend here. Then you're an angel, which is wrong. That's a confusion of ontology. Tell me you're never leaving because you're the first thing I know I can believe in. Did you hear that? Believe in your girlfriend. Then holy, 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 I'm high on loving you. You made the brightest days from the darkest nights. That's language of creation, you see. That's how the scriptures speak of God creating the world. And then listen to this line. I don't even know what it means. You're the riverbank where I was baptized, which I think is kind of rude. So so um, I have a little little paragraph here to read from Wikipedia. Yeah. It says, uh, John Freeman of Rolling Stone commented positively on the song, applauding the group's musical evolution, though he did note caution regarding the song's Christian themes, saying it's hard not to wonder if Florida Georgia Line guys, both of whom have publicly proclaimed their faith on numerous occasions, will will get some flack from religious listeners the way Morris has for my church and its perceived shunning of organized worship. Controversies like the one on occasion included on Spotify's list of picks of the week. Billboard commented on the song, uh, Take Georgia Florida Line in a New Direction While Keeping the infectious sing-along hooks that make the band famous. I like the infectious sing-along hooks of the song, like, Make me want to roll my window down. You know that one? But this, I not look, I, I don't need the stars, because you oh, shine for me. That, that like song, Byron, that yeah. song, My Church, from yeah. Marin Morris, we we did that one on this one, too. Remember the one that she's singing about her church is listening to... Uh, uh, on the ra- listening to the radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hank Williams and Johnny Cash and all that stuff. Yeah, and it makes me want to have a revival while I'm driving down the road. Yeah, that's the one. What are the <laughs> see th- these country singers are? They're they are they're reverse engineering the praise song. Uh, how long do you think it's going to be before someone's singing this song in church? No. How much you want to no. bet that it's already been done? Well, okay. I don't think that they're singing this song. I think they're taking this song and changing a few words, perhaps. Yeah, change the word baby to Jesus. <laughs> Remember how that was a joke? That's it. I don't need the stars because you shine for me. That's a reference to Revelation where there is no sun nor moon nor stars because the lamb on the throne is the light. 
Now, I don't know what this line is referenced to Scripture. Like fire in my veins, you're my ecstasy. You're my ecstasy. Just whoever's out there writing praise songs, you can just take that line and drop it right in the middle for the hook. I mean, do you think, though, that, that someone in church is going to be singing, Jesus, I'm high on loving you? I mean... Yeah, yes! <laughs> I don't think you can make this stuff up. Pass, you're pass. the healing hands where it used to hurt. You're my saving grace. You're my kind of church. Pass the Jesus doobie over here. <laughs> I mean, high on love. I don't know about that. No, no, no. There's a thing. Don't, don't you know that, the, especially in the charismatic church, probably in the New Apostolic Reformation and all this sort of stuff, is that you're sub. There's what does the, Paul say? Don't be f- drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember that? Oh, Paul no. writes that? And this is <laughs> oh, taken no. up into the charismatic church as that we're supposed to be drunk on the Spirit. Oh, yeah. and so when you see people flopping around and laughing and doing all this crazy nonsense, that the Holy Spirit comes and overwhelms you, and now you become uh, high on the Holy Spirit. Wait a we, minute. We used to talk with that. We used to use that exact language back in the old evangelical days. Is that I'm I'm high. I'm I'm high on the Lord. I'm high on Jesus. I'm high on the Spirit. That's the, we would say that. I'm not high on. Wait fact, a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is yes. it, d- doesn't somewhere the Bible talk about the Holy Spirit or God being a, a God of order and self-control? I mean, were these words that describe our Lord? So how could someone just be—how can God then bring someone to disorder and losing control? Uh, yeah, that, I think this is the best argument against this whole charismania stuff is the that the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, as Paul says in Galatians chapter, end of Galatians. So I think that, uh, that that's the thing we ought to consider. Hey, how can you be out of control when, this, when the Spirit comes to bring self-control? But this idea that you're, that you're taken over by the Lord and you're swept up into this experience, I mean, this is the whole thing with mysticism. It's the, it's, it's the thing. So, um, uh, 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 I, I was listening to a song the other day. Some one of my, you know, favorite Christian rappers. I can't remember which one because I have so many. And they were talking about how I'm not drunk with the forty. I'm drunk with the Psalm forty or something like this. Oh, with the Lordy. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> Don't send in those lyrics. You'll get, you know. <laughs> Copyrighted. Table Talk Radio Radio, that's right. If you say, I'm not drunk with a 40, but drunk on the Lordy, we expect royalties. <laughs> just don't, how about just don't say that? I mean, this is horrible okay, sort of so, stuff. So according to this little paragraph I read off of Wikipedia, which is the most reliable source of information in the I world. I do. I It's where I got all the new apostolic reformation. <laughs> Um, that that the the singers in Florida Georgia line have been have have been professed Christians. So would they not have some kind of a? I don't know. We're crossing the line here by using words that we normally ascribe to God being holy and talking about being washed clean in baptism, things like this, to singing about a girl. Like, like, aren't we like, okay, maybe this language is reserved for God, not for some girl? Well, you would hope so. But maybe it's like, I'm not sure what blasphemy is, but this is probably pretty close kind of thing. You know, you're, you're, you're maybe we're desecrating the Lord's holy name and we are abusing uh, the text and to apply all the language that we would use for God, direct attributes, uh, direct words 
and all of these sorts of things. And to apply that to a lady, it could maybe be, you know, wandering into the area of blasphemy. I would hope that someone who is a Christian would have that thought, but here it is in front of us, you know. You're an angel. You're never leaving. You're the first thing I can believe in. <sighs> All right. Uh, so let's say you're on an airplane and the singers of, of Florida Georgia Line are sitting next to you. What do you say to them? I go back from my first class seat back into the back, sit with the common folk, and hey, there, Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> right. And they say, you make me want to roll my window down. That makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> And they say, oh, you're a pastor? What do you think about our song? It's very spiritual. Holy, holy, holy. That kind of thing? Yeah. You know what game I would like to play with those guys is console the child and kick the dog. <laughs> which, which, which? <laughs> to say, who wrote that song? That's going to be the dog to kick. Uh, and who got talked into singing it? That'll be the child to console. I think I would say to them, um, you guys, I think maybe I'd, I'd start, let's start this way. Here, here, this might be an actual way to start. You guys uh, have an obvious familiarity with a lot of the language of the Scripture. How'd you how'd you learn holy, holy, holy from Isaiah six and Revelation? Um, you know, you use you talk about baptism. You talk about cleansing the demons. Uh, let me get you singing Alleluia. You you have a lot of theology in that song. How, how'd you guys learn your theology? And then I would I think I would ask the question. I mean, depending on what the answer is, how how did it occur to you guys to to take all of these theological attributes and apply them to the babe you're singing to. And what, what, what's going on there? Because that seems like it, you know, at some point you might say, hey, is this a good idea? Should we reserve the language that the scriptures give us for the praise and exaltation of God for the praise and exaltation of God? Or should we sing it to our wives and, uh, and see, you know, see how the answer goes there. What you want to get at, hopefully, is to say, you know, maybe that that wasn't such a good idea. Uh, I hope Jesus will forgive us. Is there a, is there a realm in which um, the world does this on purpose? So, I mean, uh, our our concupiscence with the second commandment is so so where the second commandment would tell us, hey, uh, keep the Lord's name sacred and sacred things sacred. Uh, our our flesh would say, "Hey, I want to try and take sacred things and intentionally drag them through the mud and apply them to trivial things, so that God's name is not holy." So, first of all, you don't get points for using your own. buzzword. You didn't get points for using your own buzzword either. Well, that's I say that that's true. <laughs> uh, but the second thing is, yes, our flesh is bent towards blasphemy, and it wants to desecrate the holy name of God. This is, which is why, you know, people, when they're cursing, don't say Mohammed or whatever. But they lose use the Lord's name in vain. The, the, um, <laughs> so uh, so our, our, the devil and our flesh. <laughs> that's right. Our, the devil and our flesh are bent on blaspheming and using the Lord's name in vain. And that's what's going on in this song, for sure. O-M-A. We will be right back here. <laughs> I've never thought of that before. Oh my, oh my Allah. Yeah, or oh my M, oh my Muhammad. Oh my Muhammad. <laughs> o M M. Doesn't. All right. More preaching to Hollywood on Table Talk Radio right after this. Mama said that it was okay. Mama said that it was quite alright. I kind of people had a bed for the night. And I 
Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Table Talk Radio will be right back. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com. Don't celebrate yet. Still halfway through the show. You're listening to Table you can make Talk it. Radio. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't hold your breath. I wonder if anyone Bleeding could hold their breath out. for 48 minutes. We're doing some uh, preaching to Hollywood, uh, and we got That's an all we're doing. email here from somebody who said... <laughs> That's who always sends us email. Somebody. Oh, look. Keep it anonymous. Another one from somebody. This anonymous person <laughs> has asked that their identity not be revealed... <laughs> But anyway. If they're anonymous, then we have to refer to them as Mohammed. <laughs> That's what you get. Mohammed Stevens uh, writes in. Says, hey, Table Talk Radio host, may you please review the song in Preaching to Hollywood, Bleeding Out by Imagine Dragons. I know it's not Ooh. about cutting, at least I don't think so, but I was hoping maybe you could use it as a springboard to speak to the individual who listens to songs with imagine with, um imagery like this because he or she engages in self-harm young people get caught in this cycle for various reasons including feeling no emotions not feeling enough or the right emotions wanting a sense of control feeling guilt or shame over sin and the list can probably go on it isn't just physical damage physically damaging there are also lasting emotional and psychological effects could you talk about how and why it's wrong especially in connection to the commandments and creed in the small catechism and alternatives that a person should consider instead of causing harm to his his or her body, like faith, prayer, confession, absolution, etc. That's a great email. Thanks for writing us in, Anonymous. This is the song Imagine Dragons Mohammed. Bleeding Out. <laughs> That's a song by Imagine Whoa. Dragons, and um, so let's let's first deal with the song. And then I am interested in our anonymous emailer's uh, question here about um, matters of self mutilation and things like that. So, um, what do you what do you make of this song, Pastor? We find another song with more theology than most praise songs here. I bear, but I don't I don't actually have any idea what this is meaning. I have you 
notice the trend that as we go to the Preaching with Hollywood songs and we are simply asking the question, what the heck do these words mean? That we are coming up short. Now, this is part of the art of mystical things. And remember, remember, please, dear listener, that mysticism is not only a theological thing. People can be mystics apart from theology. In fact, mysticism is a drawing away from theology. And one of the marks of mysticism in every place that it manifests itself is a lack of complete sentences. Or, in other words, a lack of sense, which I find in this song. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what this is talking about. Uh, I'm bleeding out so that if the last thing that I do is bring you down, I'll bleed out for you. Yeah, that's a Do you know what that means? (laughs) So I bear my skin, and I count my sins, and I close my eyes, and I take it in. I'm bleeding out, bleeding out for you. What the heck? Maybe this is Jesus. Bleeding on the cross. Yeah. Just kidding. Uh, um, bring you down. When the days come that I've lost my way around, and the seasons stop and hide beneath the ground. What the? When the sky turns gray. I never know how to spell gray, by the way, if it's with an E or an A. But here it's with an A, apparently. And everything is screaming, and I, I will reach inside... Just to find my heart is beating. Hmm. Oh, you tell me to hold on. But innocence is gone. And what was right is wrong. It's like a Dr. Seuss book there. Because <laughs> I'm bleeding out. Uh, this, this isn't going to be a very good hour. segment. Because <laughs> we're just going to... We're just going to read these lyrics and be perplexed about what it is. And say, what the heck? Okay, here's one more. Everything else is repeated. Here's one more stanza of this hymn. Uh, Wait, wait, where'd it go? When the day has come. No, we said that. Oh, yeah. When the hour is nigh and hopelessness is sinking in and the wolves all cry. Where Where do the wolves come from? To fill the night with hollering. That doesn't rhyme. When your eyes are red and emptiness is all you know, with the darkness fed, I will be your scarecrow. What the? This makes even less sense than any of the other stuff, which makes no sense. I don't know how you can make less (laughs) sense than none. Huh. I mean, the scarecrow might be your crucifixion image there. I don't know how to feed the darkness. I don't know. Okay, so let okay. So the words. Let's just start with this now. Is that the words don't mean anything? Okay, there's okay. no meaning in the words. Okay. So now we're going to have to interpret this like postmoderns, and we're going to ask, how does the song make me feel? You see, depressed. oh, this is going to be tough. This the song makes me. It feel does. Depressed. Why? Uh, oh wait, why? I forgot. Why? It doesn't have any meaning. <laughs> I mean, if, if if the song has as some level of meaning then it i mean he's dragging people down he's bleeding out he's uh the the seasons are going underneath the ground whatever that means i mean those aren't necessarily it's dark positive good images so i bear my skin can you see it i bear my skin i'm tearing my shirt off like a high priest you know (laughs) ripping my garment i'm counting my sins three four five done I'm closing my eyes. I'm taking it in. I'm bleeding. 
but I'm doing it for you. Oh, interesting. I'm bleeding out for you. Okay, so um, so again, the reliable source Wikipedia says bleeding out has been interpreted many ways, but the consistent factor of sacrifice. Most people agree the song is about people giving all they have for another. They are willing to do everything in their power to protect this people. That includes bleeding out for them. Bleeding out. That means all your blood. So when when you talk about someone bleeding out, that means they their blood goes out until they die, right? That's what right. Right. So so that you're you're sacrificing yourself till you bleed out for them. But the thing that the thing that I don't understand is that line to to drag you down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because I'm bleeding out, so that if the last thing that I do is to bring you down, see that's what I'll bleed out for you. So maybe what it is is you're bringing someone down because. Like you're, for whatever reason, you are causing them to sin, but then you're going to make up for it. I'm going to bear my sin, but see, I'm going to count. Here it says, I count my sins, not count your sins. I close my eyes, I take it in. Your eyes are red, emptiness is all you know, darkness is fed, I will be your scarecrow. What is a scarecrow doing? Scarecrow just scares away the crows. Maybe, maybe they've got a, the demons or the crows. And the scarecrow is standing there, keeping the demons back for you because I'm bleeding out and suffering for you. When the wolves are crying, what the? I don't know what the. Wolves are doing <laughs> That's here. a tough one. Uh, it does have the idea of so blood. Now here, here's what we can say to this: is that blood is a is a very important thing in in our humanity. It's a bear, It's very important theologically and psychologically. And so blood, I mean, there's, you know, how the sight of blood a lot of times will make people faint. Uh, when you look at a crucifixion, it's the thing that troubles you is the blood. I was watching the movie the other day, The Braveheart. Remember The Braveheart? Mm-hmm. And I remember there's a scene when they go into the first battle and blood hits the camera. Huh. And and I remember when that I saw that for the first time and you're like, whoa, it's so striking because there's. The blood. Now, the Leviticus says that the... You kind of flinch at it. You're like... Yeah. Yeah. Now all the video games have that effect, you know. This is really kind of bad. It's, uh, but, the, but the blood is there. Leviticus says the life is in the blood. It forbids us from eating the blood. Uh, the blood is to be cared for, you know, to, to be put on the altar and to be put on the people. The priest in the Old Testament is consecrated by the blood on his thumb and his earlobe and his big toe. And in the New Testament, Jesus says, take and drink. This is my... Uh, this is the blood of the New Testament. Revelation has the picture of the robes made white in the blood. And so we talk about how the purchase price for our sinfulness is not gold or silver, but the holy and precious blood. So so blood is a really significant thing in for our humanity as well as for theology. Uh, and, I, it, and so this idea of spilling your blood for somebody else is here in the song. So it is a dark song, but there is kind of a, a layer of hope there. But this hope is all confused. I mean, it's not its not a song that Christ could sing. I mean, he couldn't. These words cannot belong to him because it's not an atoning sacrifice. It's something else that's happening here. Hmm. Interesting. Now, when we get back from the break, I want to get your take on Muhammad's email in which he asks, what about people who will cut themselves or do some kind of a self-mutilation because they can't feel or they don't feel the right things. Um, what Christian counsel can we give to such a person who engages in these practices? You're listening to Table Talk Radio. 
And we'll be right back when we get back after this. Table Talk Radio. Well, we think we're funny. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. All right, we were talking about the song by Imagine Dragons called Bleed Out, and uh, we have no idea what it means. Um, but our emailer, Muhammad, uh, wants to know a little bit about um, what about those who will, will go and inflect, inflict pain on themselves um, because of this, I don't know, lack of control or sometimes emotional um, things going on. Uh, have you have any have you had a chance to think about this kind of thing, Pastor Wolfner? A little bit. Now, I do not think that I'm definitive on this at all. But to say, you know, this point that we made before that there's something about blood is a is a kind of a we just know something's there, and we see that with this phenomenon of cutting and self mutilation. It seems like most people who who are tempted in that way will talk about how they want to they want to see their own blood, and they want to feel something. The idea is that they've become so kind of numb to the world. Their conscience has been so um, beaten up that it's, uh, it, can, it can hardly feel. So you bring pain so that there's at least some sort of sensation. And, um, and to, those, to those people who are tempted in that way, we, we can, I think we can acknowledge that, that their, their instinct to want to see blood is, in fact a good instinct it's a good theological instinct but that the blood that they need to see is not the their own blood but the blood of christ i was looking at this luke lucas cronach uh, law gospel uh, painting uh that i really love and it's got you know two pictures and where the blood is not on the law side of the picture where there's adam and eve and the devil and the guy being driven down to the flames of hell the blood is on the gospel side where there's jesus crucified and the blood is fl- flowing from his side onto my head. And so we have a Bible full of blood. We have a cup full of blood every Sunday. Uh, and it's it's not our own blood. It's the blood of Christ that's shed in our place. So to to direct people who are tempted to want to see their own blood flow to say, hey, this is, this is the, what the devil wants, to shed your blood. The devil's a murderer. And that's what sin this is, by the way. Fifth commandment, you shall not kill, which includes uh, the killing or harming of yourself. But Christ wants to suffer and die in your place. And so that's why his blood is our life. Uh, his blood is our hope. So what, what, what do you tell someone who's, who has this kind of temptation, this inclination to cut themselves when things are going poorly, uh, when life is just a disaster, uh, what what do you what do you tell such a person? Um, that there's hope in Christ. I mean, remember this when we talk about distinguishing between law and gospel. We want to use the law to crush the proud, but the gospel to comfort the despairing. And when someone is cutting themselves, this is a despairing sort of thing. Now, if they don't realize that it's a sin or they can't see that, I'm sure they know. But if they can't, they need to hear the law that that God does not intend for people to mutilate themselves. But what they need is the gospel. That here, Christ was pierced 
uh, in his hands and his feet and his side, and that he bled to cover all of our sins, including the sin of self-mutilation and the sin of help, helping ourselves, so that uh, so that now the blood of Christ cleanses us from all iniquities. This is, I think, the thing that we need to hear most of all. Um, now there is, I mean, depending on how things go and if someone's life, you know, when our lives get so twisted up and out of order, a lot of times we need a voice from the outside. Uh, if, if the parents and friends can't be helpful, you know, we might might look for someone who can who has some professional background and kind of talking through these sorts of things, hopefully a Christian counselor or something like that. That might be necessary in these sorts of things. But the main thing to hear is that Christ has died for our sins. Again, that his blood cleanses us, um, that his blood is drink indeed, and that we have forgiveness in, in his blood, not in ours, so that our blood stays in us uh, and Christ's blood comes to us as well. Yeah. All right, we've got one more. This is from Sean in Kansas. He says, I heard this song on the radio and thought it would be a good candidate for preaching to Hollywood. It's called uh, Call Me by Shine Down. Uh, he says, keep up the meteorocity. I hadn't noticed. Uh, okay, well, here is the song uh, Call Me by Shine Down. Send me on my way still smiling. Maybe that's the way I should go. Straight into the mouth of the unknown. Left the spare key on the table Never really thought I'd be able Say I merely visit on the weekends I lost my whole life and a dear friend I've said it so many times I would change my ways No, never mind God knows I've tried What do you think of that song, Pastor? I don't know. I gotta. I'm trying to figure it out here. Uh, well, I think so. That I'm working out the chorus here. Call me a sinner. Call me a saint. Tell me it's over. It's I'm all. Uh, see, I'll still love you the same. Um, that makes me think that the, the author is speaking to a loved one. Uh, tell me it's over is probably calling the relationship over, but I'm still going to love you the same. So call me a sinner, call me a saint isn't probably talking about one standing before God as much as it is um, the mistakes I've made in this relationship, um, no matter you know what you say. Yeah, uh, so, I think that's right. So the next line is, uh, tell me it's over. I don't want you to hurt. Uh, it's all that I can say, so I'll be on my way. Nothing really lasts forever. Look at this next one. I had to make a choice that was not mine. I had to say goodbye for the last time. I put my life in a suitcase. Yeah, this is someone leaving. Look at this. I left the spare key on the table. Never really thought I'd be able to say that I'll visit on the weekend. I lost my whole life and a dear friend. I've said it so many times I would change my ways, so never mind. God knows I tried. Yeah, this is a breakup song. So it's interesting because it kind of gets us it gets us on a certain way of thinking when it starts out. Um, I've said it so many times, I would change my ways. No, never mind. God knows I've tried. So probably, I mean, <laughs> saying God in this, <laughs> uh, as if we're thinking that, oh, 
in my in my standing before God, um, I'm trying to to change my ways. But no, no, no. This is just I'm being a bad boyfriend or I'm being a bad girlfriend or something yeah. like that. <laughs> call me a sinner. Call me a saint. That's I now here's the thing I didn't know. But this saint sinner thing, this is Lutheran a symbol used to set Picotter at the same time justified and sinner. That he he uses to describe the two wills of the Christian, the flesh, which can only sin, and the spirit, which can only rejoice in God's uh, righteousness and his laws and everything. And um, and that gets popularly brought into English as the saint-sinner distinction, or sometimes we have the casual uh, name for it, the simile, which is almost becoming a... Uh, shibboleth now the simile that means you're both saint and sinner but here what i didn't know is that that language saint and sinner is not just in the church but it's out there around yeah. uh maybe i just don't pay attention but here it is because here's call me a sinner call me a saint and it's being used in a non-theological way it's just saying i'm i'm bad but i try to be good i do something's right and something's wrong we might better translate it uh justified in sinner, which I think yeah. might have a little bit uh, more clarity. Yep. So that uh, ontologically I don't change. I'm, I'm, I mean, ontologically, I'm still a sinner. It's not like I... I mean, see, this, this is the confusion with saint and sinner. Sometimes people think, um, yeah, I'm uh, the unconverted is 100% sinner, 0% saint, and then maybe upon conversion, it's like a... Ninety-five, five, and the goal of life is to you know not only even it out fifty-fifty, and then but even get closer to saint and less of a sinner. That's not what we mean by saint and sinner. Um, but if you're going to use the language, it would be hundred percent sinner, hundred percent saint. But the the saint side of that, or the justified side of that, is that by God's declaration, it is true that I am justified even though I remain to be in this life as long as I have a heart that pumps blood, still a sinner. Yep, that's right. Conversion does not undo concupiscence. Our sinful nature remains. Caught that for 75 points. It was perfect use of the word, by the way. <laughs> I'm just, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 175 just because you got it in before the points joke. And know, I'm, at yeah. this point, I'm not even sure there's going to be a points joke because yeah. you just use all your material by using the buzzword. True. <laughs> Are we in the last segment? Do I need to start thinking about that? Uh, you have about a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, now, now, how do you, okay? How do you address someone who's singing the song um, with the gospel? Well, I think um, relationship break up, breakups are a beautiful time to talk about sin <laughs> because uh obviously we're not uh we weren't created to hate one another i mean whenever there's kind of a, a fight or a big uh disagreement in a relationship both sides usually both sides have have sinned just out of anger out of spite they've said something they don't mean and now now they can't undo it and we weren't created to be hateful to one another we were created um, originally before sin, to love one another. And so this shows that we are sinners, and we need someone who has never in their entire lives uh, sinned against another person. Now, good luck finding that person unless you find that person in Jesus Christ. And indeed we have. Uh, he is the one who takes the punishment for our sins and bestows his righteousness to us. That's where I'd go with it. I think it's nice. All right, thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio where we're giving away 175 points to the first person to give me proof that there's a church that sang the Holy, Holy, Holy song. Oh, ho, ho. Thanks for listening By to this Florida edition Georgia of Table Talk Radio. 
Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. I'm Please sure it's out there. Pastor you before don't think so. To I'm Table sure Talk it's out Radio. there. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your back seat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. 